You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel Watusi. What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Ah, oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. Hello Divas and welcome to Little Diva Energy, your little slice of something extra. Uh, I'm Holly Morgan, I'm obsessed with Divas and my husband Tom is also here. What's your pain son? Salmonella damage bum. That's right, in the midst of a global coronavirus pandemic, Tom has somehow managed to spend a week in bed with what we thought was dysentery <laughs> on one stage. What can I say? And I don't follow the herd. You don't. Well, if I did, my immune system would probably mean that I would have coronavirus by now. <laughs> it's actually fully diva to pull something like this when we're all worried about you getting Miss Rona. <laughs> Thinking about getting dengue fever next week to uh, mix it up a bit. <laughs> we don't know yet what you've had. It's either E. coli, salmonella, dysentery. I mean, <laughs> any of the above. They sound all like quite the, the girl band, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh yes so it's been it's been an interesting week for us we had to sadly uh, we couldn't do a zoom with reuben because tom wouldn't have been able to uh to stand up <laughs> so we had to skip um, uh, conversations on cock but we will be picking up tomorrow with another one don't worry i mean it was such a shitty episode of drag race anyway so i don't think you probably you didn't miss our commentary i'd imagine <laughs> Oh, we've had some lovely feedback from Bex Humphrey's episode. Well, we just. Oh, she is an icon. I know other people have said it, <laughs> but now I've said it as well. She is, she's so wise and intelligent and hilarious and camp and fabulous. She's just the best. She's just the fucking best. Just, I love that two-parter. I get on with that tattoo of her definition of diva. It's long. It's so. taking a while, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to give my back to it. The whole back. Um, she's just wonderful. Yeah, that definition of diva is just, ugh, er thing. Er thing. And we move house, maybe we can have a wall with it on it. Yeah, that'd be nice. As opposed to like some signs that say live life, love, yeah, or whatever it is. Dance like no one's watching <laughs> shit in this room. I don't know. Like, that's <laughs> well, they don't have one for the bathroom. It's like eat, drink, sleep. I think if you're going to lead with imperatives, shit, whitewash. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah, all these people who can't live out their live, pray, love fantasy because they ain't going on a gap year this year. Eat Go shit, to the wash. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Listen to some. Enya. Enya. <laughs> Bit of Enya. As someone who spent eight straight days shitting, wiping, and washing, <laughs> I can I can say it does wonders for your for your reserves. It's one hell of a trip, isn't it? Yeah. And that brings us to. Rich's bitch. Mmm. Ladies, she's livid. She's abs... Right, Jane McDonald. She left cruising with Jane McDonald. That was sad, but we support Jane. We love Jane. She wanted to spend more time with her fiancé. You know what? Good for her. We're happy for her. What we're not happy about, Channel 5, is cruising with the Nolan sisters. Let's just go a brief history here, shall we? Colleen Nolan came incredibly hard for Julie Goodyear. Was Julie Goodyear an absolute nightmare on Big Brother? Yes. But is she... Is she a Coronation Street... Diva, yes. And therefore, Colleen Nolan needs to have a little bit of respect. She then goes back into Big Brother and comes for Kim Woodburn. Icon legend star, Dame Kim Woodburn. Again, was she a nightmare? Yes. Was she to blame? Probably. 
but we still support her. And then Cleanan brings Kim Woodburn on to Loose Women and sits there with one of her one of her sisters and like does it all over again. Absolutely not. I don't want them on a cruise ship. I don't want to watch. I'm just not. Mm-mm. Not happy for it. Not here. Um, the Free Britney movements come back and, you know, as ever, fully support it. <laughs> Superb. And obviously next up, we bring this week's slice of Chris's coincidence. What a coincidence. Hello, um, I've been thinking a bit more about the coincidence uh, I submitted last week about Angela Lansbury and the fact that I saw her in a play once. Um, The play was called Blythe Spirit and it's a play about um, a psychic, a crazy old psychic. Um, And I've only seen this play twice in my life, Um, obviously this time with Angela Lansbury. But the other time I saw the play, it starred Holly Morgan, uh, who's now the host of the Big Diva Energy Podcast. I just thought that was an amazing coincidence, really. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. What, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. That is, that is a coincidence. God, that is a coincidence, isn't it? God, what a coincidence. So here we go. Um, as, as Tom may, you know, may have picked up from Tom's really rather lovely delivery uh, in the opening there, Hamilton's come on to Disney+. Plus. And doesn't everyone know about it? Everyone knows about it. I mean... So many opinions from so many white women. <laughs> Fair game now, isn't it? Yeah. It's Fair a, game. I would say there's a very interesting uh, article about uh, the, ha- Hamil- the the problematic elements uh, of uh, portraying him as an abolitionist on the Washington Post, which puts it very succinctly. And uh, I think very clearly, someone else on Twitter who will, I'll try and find, again, made the very valid statement that there are there is a world in which we can say... Hamilton the musical has some problematic attitudes and uh, problematic ways of talking about slavery and it's also a piece of genre defining genius like yeah. those two things can coexist um, meanwhile you just tear it down girls you go for it yeah absolutely fill your boots everyone's um, got opinions haven't they <laughs> and this is definitely the best time to be sharing them <laughs> about a musical with a predominantly black cast. That has done. That has made leaps and bounds for representation in theatre. Yeah. But there we go. Honestly, you've got Twitter. You're entitled. Yeah. Put it out there. I'd love to see a musical about Eliza. Yeah. Feel free to write it. In the meantime, we've got this one. <laughs> Enough about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So um, we were, you know, looking for content while we were, well, in between Tom <laughs> shitting blood. And watching Hamilton. And watching Hamilton. We watched Frozen 2. Ah. Oh. What a treat. Should have said, by the way, absolutely loved Hamilton. Yes, Hamilton's really good, by the way. <laughs> if, you've not, if you've not, I don't know if you had not heard any commentary on Hamilton, it is really good. Yeah, it's well good. Um, you, should, you should definitely watch <laughs> We, we hadn't seen it, have we? Because we, I don't know, been dragging our heels or just done... Well, it's hard to get tickets. Uh, yeah. We hadn't seen it and, and uh, was absolutely, I loved it. We could have made more effort. We could have camped outside, but yeah. we just didn't. And uh, more to our detriment because yeah. it's fucking spectacular. Uh, but then the next day, uh, we followed up with a very different piece of art. Yeah. With Frozen 2. Frozen 2. Which um, is not equally good, but is absolutely fucking brilliant. It's lovely. Ooh, so nice. Really, really nice. Um... I, <laughs> one 
at one stage thought I, I discerned a queer narrative. You did, didn't you? Yeah. It turned out I think it was about mums, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I love I love a good old... Um, <laughs> I used to write several essays about the hermetics of space and gothic literature and how the gothic heroine is always searching for her mother in a womb tomb. I've written several thousand words about this. Uh, and I think that Elsa fits into that pantheon. Unsurprising that you noticed it. Unsurprising. Well, I, you know, I'm sorry. When she's getting, wandering around in those um, ice caverns, mm-hmm. that's, that shit is, is vaginal. And that's what the entrance was. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it was about her mum, not about her. But I mean, I, I don't know. I'm still putting it out there that, that Elsa might be queer. Anyway. I think that's a fairly commonly held belief is well, it? like that yeah. hamilton's good i've got all the hot takes <laughs> come to me for cutting edge criticism lads <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't think anyone's gone for the womb tomb theory yet but um definitely well, better the, not because i'm gonna awesome. write another dissertation on it that no one's gonna read so <laughs> stand aside academia <laughs> steaming in with a hot take speaking of which having uh, managed obviously to <laughs> grapple with the, the real nitty-gritty and the opinions that no one else holds about the world's most famous musical and the world's <laughs> most popular children's film <laughs> we decided to really dive into popular culture's cutting edge by watching the witches of eastwick for the first time yeah this week look i don't know if it's because i'm missing the outside world or missing retail therapy but every scene in What's the, what's the magic land in, in Frozen 2 called? Albafuera? No, it's not called that. So I went on holiday. Arendelle. That's it. Arendelle looks uncannily like Bista Village. <laughs> and I put, I put this out on Twitter. And the only person who humoured me was friend of the pod, Serena Mantegi. Thank you, girl. But I, I really do think that the kind of the Nordic design was giving me, I don't know, it was giving me big Bista energy. <laughs> And when we watched Witches of Eastwick, that town again is very Bister. And I think, I hate Bister Village. I never want to go again. And yet you see it everywhere. I'm seeing it everywhere. Traumatised. I fucking hate Bister Village. Although last time I went, I sat down for lunch next to Michelle Visage. Oh. Yes, and I did not speak to her. Because you had... The shits. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's why I hate Bister Village, because I had chronic stomach pain. This is something of a theme of this essay. Essay? Episode. Huh. What should we call this episode? An essay on IBS? Yeah, IBS. Um, which is of Eastwick. If you've not seen it, I'd say the first half is an absolute romp. And then it gets so weird. It's like, it's a really weird, I don't know how it sits in the, I don't know how to define it in its genre, because it's like, Half the time it's hocus pocus, and then it's like really, really explicit. Yeah, and they're all having that like they're living in a in a in a quadruple. I loved it. Did you? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I struggled with it a bit. It's right on my alley. <laughs> it was sort of really weird. It is. It is really weird tonally because I think it's it's based on what I presume is a. Very, I mean, I haven't read the novel, but it's by John Updike, so I yeah. presume it's very literary. So it has got like that sort of. I presume it's got like a slightly more sort of academic kind of attitude towards what it's talking about. It's, it's definitely got some stuff in it, like the representations of the devil and the representation of witches and stuff like that is clearly based in a lot of like, yeah. and the fact that it's based in New England and stuff like that. It's, not it's got a very Salem. medieval sort of, or uh, Renaissance sort of. Yeah, it's like, it, it the because the, you know, witches on my bag. 
I dig witches. Yeah, so you know that Salem is not the only place where there were witch trials and where there's witchy uh, sort of uh, historical stuff. No, exactly. Like, you know, New England was had a lovely little witch panic, but the the tropes they seem to be talking about are European in general. Well, they were European settlers. It was the 1600s. They'd only just come over. Yeah, but the stuff they're talking about, like some of the stuff that they do is much older. I wrote a show about this. <laughs> You were what, in it. Didn't see Witches of Eastwick, though, did you? <laughs> Could have been a bit of research for you. But, but again, it's not... It's not I'm not saying it's like it's directly tackling it because it's also absolutely b- bananas. It's completely loopy. Um, Cher's brilliant in it. Yeah. Cher is so good. Cher delivers this amazing monologue where she like takes down Jack Nicholson and gives, tells him all the reasons why she's never going to sleep with him and then she has sex with him, um, which slightly <laughs> undermines bit, it. I loved it. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And then it was like, oh, no. <laughs> but that's um, what I meant in terms of like it is it's quite like sort of it's got some really well written bits and it's kind of it's got like some really interesting stuff in it yeah and that clearly comes from a very sort of literary place but also because of the reputation of it you kind of go in expecting Hocus Pocus you expect it to just be campus tears yeah because it's obviously you know it's got Cher in it and it's got Susan Sarandon Susan Sarandon and Michelle Pfeiffer so it's <sighs> like you kind of expect this like sort of brilliant like campy sort of comedy but it's, I think it's got a bit more to it than that. Like, and yeah. I think you don't expect that. So when, when you do watch it, you just go, this is fucking nuts. It's definitely got a very interesting, it's a very contrib- interesting contribution to a discourse on women in society and the role of sexuality in society. And then it's like, uh, not just nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Pfeiffer's, Pfeiffer's wardrobe though. Oh my God. Oh, Pfeiffer looked absolutely like, iconic yeah always a silk pj and a hat yeah i was like yeah <laughs> you, you you do you like not what i come to michelle pfeiffer for usually no but like, sarandon did a total sandy as well like San- yeah. sarandon at the beginning is like all buttoned up and like wearing a long plait playing the cello yeah she has sex with jack nicholson and suddenly she's got a crimp on <laughs> yeah but amazing. I mean, like tour de force from the three of them. But I feel like the the last twenty minutes of the film was so ridiculous <laughs> that I forgot that I'd enjoyed the beginning of it. <laughs> um, also, lesser lesser spotted diva, the actress that oh. plays Jack's mum in Will and Grace plays Goody Proctor essentially, <laughs> who spends a large portion of the film vomiting and vomiting cherry cherries, stones. cherry stones, and that made me think. Eight sidebar. I don't remember cherry st- any of the witch literature I read. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I can't remember anything about cherry stones. But is that something to do with arsenic? I don't know. Or is that poppy seeds? How do you poison someone? Anyway, get back to me on the poisoning. This made me think. Jack's mum, the actress who plays Jack's mum, yeah. is in a film with Cher. Yeah. In the Will and Grace universe, does that mean <laughs> that Jack thinks <laughs> that his mum? Was in a film with Cher. Which is why he's so obsessed with Cher. Why he's so obsessed with Cher and has a, a, yeah, a maternal fixation on Cher. Write in with your fan theories. This is my fan theory. Please subscribe to the Psychology of Will and Grace cast. Let's not give too much of our hot takes on uh, The Witches of Eastwick, though, as hopefully we should cover it in the future, Mm. um, as we are hoping to start a Patreon account, if anyone is interested in that potentially. One of the ways in which we might reward our 
listeners, uh, our subscribers and our backers, will be with Diva Film Club. Yeah. Very special extra episodes in which we uh, go through the iconic Diva-related or Diva-adjacent film canon. We're thinking Tina. We're thinking 9 to 5. We're thinking Witches of Eastwick. Yes. Moonstruck. Oh, lovely stuff. Mermaids. All of Shirts films. Beaches. Beaches. Yentl. First Wives Club. Every musical. <laughs> um, yeah, so that'd be fun, wouldn't it? We can have a PJ, get our, you know, get our PJs on, get some popcorn. Yeah. Watch some films. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we were up to while Tom was shitting his brains out. Mixed metaphor, that, isn't it? Yeah, especially since it feels like my brains are the only thing that didn't come out of my body. Yeah, bless you. And mm. only, only through virtue of the fact that they're at the top of my head, so... He was so ill. Yeah. He's lost a lot of weight. I kept hoping that I was going to get it, but <laughs> I've still got the lockdown chunk. <laughs> you haven't. I have got the lockdown chunk. Is that a thing? It is now. <laughs> Copyright Tom Cohort for that gag. Okay, well, let's get in that case to the Week in Diva. Week in Diva! Okay, so as we've all been following essentially in our echo chamber, um, the UK government took its sweet ass time to give us some money to um, fuel one of the largest industries in the country. And now we're pathetically licking its boots with gratitude. For a 13th of what we contributed to the economy last year, more or less? Was it 13 billion we brought? We brought in 10.8 last year. Sure. Not to the economy, that was to the exchequer. Right, and that's not including comedy's contribution. So it's about a tenth. Opera, classical music. I think we're supposed to share... No, that. that's the arts. That's the arts in general? Yeah. So that's the... Contri- okay, fine. It's, well, it's a tenth of, it's what, a we tenth of what we contributed to the exchequer, not the economy. Okay, right. And that's what we've got to share between... Everyone. Museums, galleries. Not libraries, though. Not libraries. They are <laughs> left to rot. To be fair, there's been a lot of stuff going around and uh, you won't hear me saying this very often and it's not a defence of the government. It's I just, just to be. clarify something. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about how uh, France is offering something like 7 billion. Um, the Germany's offering. Germany's offering like 8 billion. This is not true. Uh, they have both offered less than 1.5 billion to their arts. It's just that the way that they delivered everything was in one go. So the whole package has been... Um, has The whole package comes to about... Eight, seven, eight billion, whatever it is that they're talking about in terms of a several industries all rolled in together and the arts are included in that. So quite a lot of people have been misusing those figures. So we are actually getting a larger payout than I think any other country Okay. for the arts. So... Well, that's probably... That is good. Yeah, that is good, but we are... You've got to be fair. Yeah, but we are the le- one of the leaders in the, in the oh, also world our, in terms of the arts. Our arts industry is... <laughs> markedly larger than either the Germany's or France. Yeah. So there we go. Um, did you, so then, yeah, Rishi Sunak got himself, he, I, why Why does any kind of um, preface to the situation we find ourselves in, in the arts, in any kind of media statement or political statement have to be prefaced with a fucking platitude, like the show must go on. I'm sorry, it you make you, this sounds like like the wrapping up in a panto like when the good fairy comes in and it's like 
The show must go on. I'll give you some cash. I abs- I know that we should. Be- I know that it's better than nothing, but I- I'm just so angry and so sad about the way we had to had to go about getting it. Had to beg. Yeah. Li- uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and let's not forget as well that um, this is not generosity, which is as they're painting it. This is firefighting. This yeah. is putting out one of the biggest fires in the country currently. Mm. Um, and they're expecting gratitude rather than just, oh, thank you for the money that we've given you in the past. Yeah. Some of it back. Yeah. Did you see that picture of uh, Oliver Dowden and Rishi Sunak and uh, wandering around the yard at the Globe? No. That was going, doing the rounds. Um, it was... If you could see the full picture on Twitter, but a lot of the papers cropped out Michelle Terry, who sat on the stage, just like giving them a, a cold Paddington stare. And that, yeah, very, very interesting. They chose to crop out the female artistic director of the Globe to concentrate on the heroic stances of the Tories as they wondered about how they could, <laughs> what they could do to keep, keep us off their backs for 10 minutes. Uh, but it was fine because we had Cher in our corner. Yes. Cher tweeted her support for the British theatre industry because she's a queen. Dench was also highly critical of what's happened and has said that... you. She doesn't believe that theatres will be open again in her lifetime. Which is a horrible thing to think about. Yeah. She also said that TikTok has saved her life. Yeah. Tickety-tockety. TikTok. <laughs> the TikTok that the children use. Yeah, we've... Uh, we've seen a video because someone put it on Twitter so the grown-ups could see it. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen several of these TikToks. Of her, she does with her grandson, Finty Williams's son. Who looks like Ed Sheeran. Looks like Ed Sheeran and uh, seems to be some sort of YouTuber. Uh, but I'm I like, sure she's very proud. I'm sure I like his nan content, though. Yeah. Dench, um, away with a cracker joke. Jokes you would find in a cracker. <laughs> Just to clarify, um, there's a series where he's like, he tells her, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he tells her the, like the setup for a joke, and she just nails the punchline because she's what sickening. Yes, uh, I live for Dench. I'm glad she's having a nice time though. Is it just that that she's been doing with her grandson? That's... Yeah, and some dances and stuff. That TikTok's mainly dancing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. I think it is. I don't know. Do you remember how we used to have like dance mats at the arcade? Yeah. Young people have TikTok. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> Good to see that you are doing the research. There you go. Again at the Coles so we journalism. Don't have to- <laughs> Hamilton's good. Witches of Eastwick is weird. <laughs> TikTok is mostly be- dancing. <laughs> TikTok's mostly dancing. Frozen might be a bit queer. Um, <laughs> uh, we also this week marked the anniversary of Carolina Hearn's death. Yeah. Uh, an absolute diva of comedy yes um obviously we'll all, everyone knows this example but let's just just revel in the joy of her <laughs> asking debbie mcgee what attracted her to the millionaire paul daniels yeah uh she came around my house once do you know this? She? Yeah. yeah go on my dad was doing a program about victoria wood i think and um some of sometimes the people he was interviewing would come to our house and carolina hearn came my came around mine Stayed in my kitchen with my mum for ages. Stayed all night. Had a lovely old time. All night? Yeah, she stayed for ages. Um, she only went out to the garden to smoke. Apart from that, she was in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> mum, in, in defence, mum said she couldn't smoke inside, so... Might have done a little bit. Might, might have. I don't know. A stable door, I think, wasn't it? But um, absolute icon of comedy. 
Uh, there's also a bursary, a Carolina Hearn bursary for any female comics who obviously you all know about it, but if you didn't um, apply for it. If you're a, a female comedian who does solo comedy or a character, okay, apply for the Carolina Hearn bursary. Lovely. Michaela, Michaela Cole. I think we need to talk about Michaela Cole. We need to talk about Michaela Cole. I mean, currently most on-point women in the UK, at the very least. I'm obsessed. It is so good and it gets deeper and more nuanced and... Look, you all know how good how I may I may destroy you is. Go go and watch it if you haven't. It's everything. She is everything. Yes. It was also like a series of essays. That's, mm. that's what I was trying to figure out. What why it felt, why the structure of it feels so strange. Mm. I mean, apart from the fact that it's two half hour episodes every week, but yeah, and the fact that the BBC gave her complete creative control over it, and that it doesn't feel like a sitcom, but it also doesn't feel entirely linear in a I mean, it is linear, but well, it jumps around in time, but I don't mean linear in terms of the narrative. Yeah. It doesn't always feel like the narrative is essential to the moving forward of the program. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but not in a sitcom-y way, which is just like, each week we have a different adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that. So it feels like a different essay every week yeah. on a different aspect, but they're all connected yeah. to the themes and the, and the narrative, of course. There's a Vulture article that's very interesting about Michaela Cole. Uh, look it up. She said she wrote 191 drafts of I May Destroy You. Fucking hell. 191. <laughs> like, we've written about 20 of our TV project, which is a like one episode. 191. Jesus Christ. Christ. That's not just of the pilot, right? That's of all 14 I assume episodes. That's all, yeah, it has to be. Also, for anyone that hasn't picked up on this who's listening, who's watching I May Destroy You, fucking watch Chewing Gum if you haven't. Oh my God, yeah. And if you're only just coming to it, like, Jesus Christ, for everyone talking about Fleabag, Chewing Gum was right there. Yeah. It was absolutely fucking killing it and no one watched it. But it's, it's on Netflix, on Netflix now. now. So, yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. Do you remember when I told her I loved her? Yes, that was at Vault Festival, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she and was very nice to me. What did she say? She called me fam. But you're pleased with that? Yeah. I took that. I, I, honestly, she's just she's she's so amazing. When you, she has that real or like aura of stardust about her as well. She's really yeah. She took my breath away. And other things that took our breath away. Jess Glynn. <laughs> this is this is so funny. <laughs> this is absolutely. I know oh. we, we we went a little we're down a little bit of a serious hole there with what with politics and with Michaela Cole, but. This is, this is like this is abs- culture. This is, this is week in Diva one hundred and one. Um, if the podcast ever finishes, and in future future generations look back and they go, "What was what's Big Diva energy all about?" They this. should look back, and just remember <laughs> this news story, and go, "They it's shit like this." Yeah, Jess Glynn. Jess Glynn. What does she do, Holly? So Jess Glynn, who you may know from the M and S adverts, um, or her pop career. <laughs> Yeah, that's her song. Yeah, but also like just from albums and live performances Look, and singles. We saw her live at Standon. She was very good. She was very good. Um, we, we, I didn't go there to see Justin. <laughs> like she happened to be on when I was there, and I was like, do you know what? I'm interested. I like your voice. I like. I think it's interesting. I haven't held her to my heart in the diva canon, and I think that's fine. <laughs> so, Jesslyn. Went to <laughs> Sexy Fish, which is an incredibly expensive restaurant with a dress code 
in a hoodie. When they refused to admit her, because of the fact she was wearing a hoodie and they have a dress code, she tweeted, irate, that this was discrimination. Now, we're going to put a pin in the discrimination because it's so, it's so ridiculous that she would use that word when she is as white as the day is long. She's snow white. She is snow white. She's translucent. <laughs> she is the voice of M&S. Well, she's not, but she's got her songs on an M&S advert. Yeah, that's what you need to that know. That sums it up, doesn't it? It's like, okay, you're a woman, so you may have faced some, some, some discrimination. I feel for you. You are, however, a woman who can afford to go to Sexy Fish and doesn't think it's that big of a deal. So much so that you didn't wear anything properly. If there's a dress code, that applies to everybody. You may not like dress codes. You may think they're elitist. Do you know what else is elitist? 300 pound sushi. (laughs) It's not classist because you are not a member of the working classes. You are a posh girl who thought, I'm so rich that I can go out and just grab some 300 pound sushi. And then you thought the internet would agree with you. She is, I don't know anything about her socioeconomic background. However, someone very rightly pointed out on Twitter that even if it's like, if she's saying it's working class discrimination to not come in because you're wearing like a hoodie and jeans and things like that and you're not wearing thing, they were like, that is so offensive towards working class people who fucking dress up when they go to a restaurant. Yes, yeah, exactly. Who don't like, (laughs) look, I'm not out here saying that I am from Skid Row, right? Okay. (laughs) I'm from, um, I grew up in, in Tuffle Park in, in, uh, in Camden, right? Not far from where Jess Glynn Not far up. from where Jess Glynn went to, and I happened to go to Cambridge University, all right? That's that. I'm declaring my privilege. I have, <laughs> if I was going to, I can't afford £300 sushi. Money and class, whatever, difficult, different conversation. Jess Glynn can sing. That's great. She, I quite like her music, but she does give me the vibe of a useless debutante with cultivated body odour. Also, it's really funny and really camp, and already those of, of meme inclination, including Crystal from UK Drag Race, go to her, go to, <laughs> go to her Twitter for an absolutely iconic take on it. Long may it rain. I'm having a lovely time with that. And finally, uh, Glamroo. Yeah. Uh, incredible Glamroo. Incredible Glamroo. Amru Al-Qadi is a, an incredibly incredibly intelligent person uh which you'd know if you'd ever seen one of yeah denim's shows or one yeah. of solo shows yeah exactly all read the book or you know um, they're an incredibly intelligent person and using the glam root persona they laid out using science uh a defense of trans rights it was just it was so easily they explained it in such a succinct, intelligent, coherent way that made it infinitely shareable, which is, I think, a really interesting use of social media at the moment when people are just shouting at each other. Something, it was from the news. Yeah, but it's, it's, gone, it's, it's been shared widely, yeah. hasn't it? So those kind of, those really succinct nuggets when people are providing a really interesting commentary are so useful and so rare. And uh, I absolutely, I'm, I'm obsessed I mean, obviously, all the physics lads have come for it and said this is actually a very, uh, like, reductive reading of uh, that particular strand of the science. But Okay, well, let's see your drag show, mate. <laughs> there you go. Like, 
You wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to read their book. Be very about dry. Their, their experience. But I would really want to read uh, Glamourish. So yeah, superb. Oh, and Krishna Guru Murthy's little smile at the end is just fucking everything. There's just this one little shot, like right at the end, they finish, and he just has this little like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> like a little smile on his face, and it's just wonderful. It is beautiful. I love. I love him anyway. So yes, wonderful weekend diva there. Round up punctuated by world-shattering takes on Hamilton, <laughs> Frozen 2, <laughs> and uh, other current affairs. And now that brings us to Diva of the Week. So my Diva of the Week, another uh, little-known, <laughs> underrepresented diva, Madonna. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick Madonna because Madonna has tweeted and Instagrammed a picture of herself uh, with a crutch and she's got one hand over her breasts and she looks absolutely amazing. So she's, to summarise, she's topless with a crutch and she, and the uh, caption is everyone needs a crutch and the ghouls who live on the internet and don't know how to spell your have come for her and I just think it's... A, She's still shocking you all after all this fucking time. And all she has to do is use her incredible body. Yes, she is 62. And what? She looks amazing. Why should she cover up? Why do you get to define what a 62-year-old woman looks like? Why do you get to tell her that she shouldn't show you that... A, she's not showing any nipples either. She's simply not wearing a top. And she's got a crutch. It's a beautiful image of someone who is vulnerable and older and powerful and fuck you all. Fantastic. That's a great diva of the week to have. Yeah. She I mean, doesn't get enough coverage on this no. podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's always nice when it gets to be Madonna, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not just in the, in the week in I've diva. I've got to talk about Cher and Madonna this week. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah. Lovely. Who's your diva of the week, Tom? My diva of the week is the one and only Margaret Atwood. Booker Prize winning Margaret Atwood. Mm-hmm. Booker from last year, obviously shared with... Bandina Baristo. Yep, absolutely. If you haven't read that book, go and buy a copy of Girl, Woman, Other. It's the best book I've read all year. You're obsessed with it, aren't you? Yeah, it's amazing. Have you read the Margaret Atwood one? No. Okay. We need to get, <laughs> let's pick that one up. Um, but absolutely, she is a fucking icon, always has been. And uh, she is obviously in response to, I guess, J.K. Rowling's ongoing campaign. Um She's decided to do a bit of research mm-hmm. and she likes what she's found. Yeah. She's read an essay uh, in the Scientific American called The New Science of Sex and Gender and has concluded um, that there are some great, really interesting findings and has used the hashtag transgender women, um, said some science is here. Uh, biology doesn't, de- doesn't deal in sealed either or compartments. We're all part of a flowing bell curve. Respect that. Rejoice in nature's infinite variety. Yeah. She came for rolling a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. said I'm not better than her different people have different skills yeah <laughs> which is I think a very veiled <laughs> my skill is writing books <laughs> <laughs> and, and being inclusive um, just two of the skills that I have <laughs> <laughs> not comparing skills obviously different people have different skills yeah um, yeah and sort of nobody's said that there aren't men and women but gender and sex are two different things and she's just she's just She's just great. She's just amazing. Urged Rowling to try to understand other people's fears. Um, and and also, so, so like, and again, like a very slightly sort of like 
uh, slightly shady sort of undertone of saying, so much of this seems to be about bathrooms. There are many inventive ways of solving the bathroom fears. People are creative, yes? <laughs> Basically sort of kind of reducing it to the kernel that it is, which is J.K. Rowling's understandable fear of uh, cis men. Yeah. But how she seems to have translated that into the bathroom as being the focus point for her difficulties with... I t- where does she think trans women are going to the bathroom currently? Do you know what I or mean? Or have been. Or have been for, the, for, for ever. <laughs> like, the, it is so breathtakingly stupid. There is no law to stop a cis man going into a toilet. It makes me so angry <laughs> that she is directing all of this faux concern about an issue that isn't, doesn't exist. Show me the stats about tra- trans women and... Or, or men posing as trans women to abuse women in, in bathrooms. As you said, I think it's essential. That's an essential piece of information. There is no law in the UK that dictates men cannot go into women's bathrooms. It is simply protocol. The little pictures are not legally binding. Yeah. I'd, Never have been. I, I just... It, it, it's... I, I hate that this... In that article that Margaret Atwood has tweeted, in the first paragraph, uh, the scientist mentions Hydra, which we mentioned on the Joanna Lumley episode, yeah. right, uh, the the other sex in in um, traditionally Indian culture. That is, that's how long transgender has been an issue for. That's how long they they have always been there. And they always will be there. Why have this generation decided to make these the most vulnerable oppressed group in the world make their bodies the site of a culture war? It's so unfair, and it and it and it it breaks my heart. And uh, I love that Margaret Atwood, who is somebody with, it, I just I think it's so important that really prominent feminists come out for the rights of trans transgender people and non-binary people. Prominent feminists who focus a lot of their work and what they talk about on violence against women as well. Yeah. Which is something which transgender women are more likely to suffer yeah. than cis women. Yeah, absolutely. Not that it's more or less important, but it's just a case of going, these, like you said, these are vulnerable people. Why are you stirring hordes of people to attack them? Yeah. And to attempt to make this into an... I, I just don't understand. I cannot understand and fathom... I know where it comes from, but mm-hmm. it's not... She has been told time and time and time again, has had the the first time she ever made a mistake about um, her, in terms of her opinions on transgender rights. People very quietly, calmly pointed out how she was wrong, how it was incorrect, um, the facts, the stats, everything that she needed to know. And she has decided to continue waging a war. Yeah. And that is what I really can't abide yeah and that is i don't think her trauma can account for that level of pig-headedness yeah she's also not used to being in the wrong is she she's used to be and and helen lewis uh wrote a really interesting article for the atlantic and uh a note on helen lewis i know a lot of people have found her to be problematic but that is a uh, an episode that needs to be investigated before she gets quote unquote cancelled because she is a really interesting feminist writer and what happened to her was an example of an internet pylon led by misogyny in, in my opinion um, and and in Tom's opinion if you look it up it's it, she had a spat with a with a gamer and 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 then she got labeled a turf from from my reading I do not believe her to be one 
uh, I am happy to be shown some evidence to the contrary. But from my reading, I don't believe she is one. And she wrote an interesting article about how Gen- uh, the the problem J.K. Rowling is uh, why she's become such a problematic figure, and uh, the kind of the absence of shades of grey in this debate. So I, I would I'd direct you all towards that as well. It's very interesting. Also, if you want to watch the Disclosure film on Netflix, that's a really, really entertaining, really uh, moving film about trans representation on, on, in film and TV. Yeah, which details a lot of very uncomfortable things yeah. that might be hard to watch but are absolutely necessary and actually does it in a very light, kind, moving, like you said, way. Absolutely. That does not hector or... berate you or make you feel like you were wrong just asks you to question some things that you've previously held to be normal and there's a really interesting point made in that film about ryan murphy so you know you can you can retract statements and you can revise your opinions ryan murphy with nip tuck um had a really as a really horrible scene featuring a A whole storyline a whole storyline which is really transphobic ryan murphy now execs and writes pose which is probably done more for yeah transgender exactly so jk rowling could have rode this back and uh she's chosen not to however also we you know i think what helen lewis does is count is 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 recommend compassion for her as a victim which is not to negate how painful she's being it's just it's just basically it's all we try and be as compassionate and understanding as possible and not send people pornography uh and death threats, and death rape threats, threats and rape threats because that is misogyny and that is the real enemy <laughs> yeah 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 wow what a <laughs> roller coaster <laughs> doesn't seem like that uh dysentery's really had an effect at all does it mm, still full of, full of pith and vinegar yeah okay just uh yeah doesn't look like my bile has been entirely ejected no your humors are all out of whack they are <laughs> um but thank you for listening thanks for listening um and yeah do do uh donate to charities which support trans women particularly trans women of color and um thanks <laughs> <laughs> you right over there yeah 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 it's yeah. a bin fire isn't it it's a bit of a bin fire um guys we can go out now it's, sa- it's not safe. It's not safe, but we can go out. Keep your distance. Wear a mask, but go out. Get some fresh air. Look at the world. Breathe in things. Take your eyes off social media, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Just, like, just spend an hour with your phone in the bin, because right now it is just getting so hot out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's just really a- is a time to look up at the sky and see what's there. That was a, the worst attempt at something <laughs> philosophical. And, <laughs> it was just so bad. Hashtag look at the sky. Hashtag look at the sky. <laughs> and look at the things that are there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, is that Alain de Botton? <laughs> yeah. No, there's a new guy in town. <laughs> I am not very he's well. Not, he's been shitting blood. <laughs> He's in a right grump now. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, divas. Be safe, be kind. Uh, how should I look at the sky? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
there will be a Conversations on K winging its way to you this week at some point. Friday. And next week, we have got someone really exciting. I'm absolutely thrilled to announce that we're going to have a two-part episode on Janelle Monet with Anushka Lucas, who is a... I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> She's an amazing singer-songwriter. Please, please go and look up her music on Spotify yeah, and or out. buy it from her website, anushkalukasmusic.com. Dark Soul, available now. Get it, get it, get it bought. She is an incredible talent and one of the most uh, charming, intelligent people. Uh, so it's, it's, I'm really excited to share it with you. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good one. Take care. Look at the sky. Bye. Bye. Bye.